It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops heads, welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Thursday, April 19th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. We begin with some sad news for the family of Greg Popovich. His wife, Erin, has passed away. They were married for over 40 years, and she leaves behind two children and two grandchildren. Popovich will not be coaching the game tonight. Our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family in this very difficult time. Aaron Popovich was 67. The tragic passing of Aaron Popovich will leave a cloud over this game, but the show must go on. And the Warriors have been preparing to come into the Spurs house for the last three days. We'll get into that preview today, as well as some recaps and previews of other games around the NBA. LeBron James bounced back with a huge game against the Indiana Pacers, and the Cavaliers were able to nab game two. That series is now one and one. In Oklahoma City, the Jazz nabbed a victory as the big three of Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and Paul George went 0 for 15 in the fourth quarter. And in the nightcap, the Houston Rockets beat the Minnesota Timberwolves by 20 points going up 2-0 in their series. We'll get a little bit into those games and tonight's games, including Sixers Heat, Game 3, Blazers Pelicans, Game 3, and of course, Warriors versus Spurs. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast, particularly my new listeners. You can grab this podcast at iOS, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and LockedOnWarriors.com as well as LockedOnSports.com. Make sure you bookmark both of those pages. This podcast is also available on Facebook at LockedOnDubs and LockedOnNBANet. You can get in touch with me via Twitter where I post the pod every single day at Kojitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E, or at LockedOnDubs. I tweet from both accounts. Look forward to hearing from you. As well as email, you can get in touch with me at alikocarter11 at gmail.com. That's A-L-I-K-O Carter 1-1 at gmail. If you just want to chop it up about hoops, talk about the Warriors playoff hopes, I'm all ears. You can also find my media on Forbes.com. I write at the intersection of sports, business, and community impacts for the Sports Money blog. I'll keep you posted on all the pieces I have coming out in the future. But more than that, I'm just a huge Warriors fan. I'm from Oakland. My base is in Oakland, and I've been going to Warriors games for the last 20 years. I'm super invested in the success of this team for the city of Oakland, as well as the wider Bay Area, and simply just to watch the greatness that is this Golden State Warriors team. The greatness is palpable. 
So without further ado, let's get into this preview. Spurs assistant Ettore Messina will coach game three tonight in the place of Greg Popovich. According to NBA.com, Messina came to San Antonio from Russia in 2014, where he coached European power CSKA Moscow. He's a two-time EuroLeague Coach of the Year and has coached in Italy and Spain as well. He served as a coaching consultant for the Lakers back in 2012 and is now making the jump to full-time NBA coach. He's 58 year, years old and has won four EuroLeague championships, including coaching Spurs veteran Manu Ginobili in Italy in 2001. In recent seasons, his name was raised as a candidate to become the first European coach to become a head coach in the NBA. Of course, David Blatt became the first EuroLeague coach to become a head coach in the NBA. That didn't end very well for Blatt, but Messina works with the Spurs, not a dysfunctional organization by any sense of the word, and he's going to have the team ready to battle. So let's get into this preview. The Warriors, what, what, what are the keys to the game? They have to continue to do what they're doing. They can't allow themselves to get punched in the mouth, as Steve Kerr said in the first half, particularly in San Antonio, and then rely on the K defense strategy to like get them out of their funk. Of course, we can count on KD to score 30 points a night in the playoffs, just as he did with 32 points in Game 2. But the defense needs to be shored up in the first half because if the Warriors get punched in the mouth in San Antonio, it's not going to be a six-point halftime deficit. It's going to be more than that. It's going to be a double-digit deficit if they allow themselves to get down in San Antonio with that crowd. Great, great, great crowd. And with Danny Green coming off a bagel in Game 2, you can expect him to come out firing. He's a very good three-point shooter. Patty Mills got going in the first half of Game 2. Very good three-point shooter. He's going to have to be run off the line. He's very active, too. He moves extremely well. He goes around screens. He's constantly in motion. The Warriors have to match that physical intensity to keep him from coming from going off. And then, of course, there's LaMarcus Aldridge, who had 34 points. 17 in the first half and 17 in the second half. And even though the Warriors' strategy of uh, letting LaMarcus, not letting LaMarcus beat you, but taking away the other options so that LaMarcus is the focal point of everything that the Warriors do, and so he has to beat you by himself, that strategy is very smart, but the Warriors are going to have to make sure that they can keep LaMarcus in check. A game like Game 1, where they held him to 14 points on only 12 shot attempts, would be great, and not sending him to the line 12 times. That was a big issue in Game 1. Draymond got into foul trouble early, excuse me, Game 2, with uh, Kavon coming off the bench, sopping up a few fouls as well. And, of course, LaMarcus went 12 of 12 from the free throw line in that game. The Dubs are going to have to rebound the ball as they've been doing the last two games, out-rebounding the Spurs by 20 in Game 1 and by a little bit less in Game 2, still out-rebounding the Spurs. And the Warriors' calling card has not been rebounding, but they've been rebounding as a committee over the first two games of the playoffs, with Andre leading the team in rebounding in Game 2. 
seven rebounds for him, as well as seven rebounds for JaVale McGee, who's been playing out of his mind. I haven't been talking enough about the good things that JaVale McGee does for the Golden State Warriors, and so far in the playoffs, he's been, well, everybody has been very good, everybody who's played significant minutes, but continue to rebound the ball, keep those turnovers below 16. They had 15 turnovers in each of game one and game two. That's manageable. And in game two, only one person had three turnovers. Nobody else had more than two. And that's what I like, the distribution. So not one person having four or five, six turnovers, but the whole team coming together to take care of the ball, taking it very seriously, keeping those turnovers low across the board. Klay Thompson, we'd love to see him come out firing. He was big in the second half of game two, but only had seven points in the first half. We'd like to see him take, you know, eight to ten shots in that first half. Spring him open for some three-pointers, get that, like, down screen action, or maybe the elevator doors. Just some plays. Some plays, you know? Uh, Because their offense stagnated in the first half of game two, and they had to rely on KD to do KD things. And, of course, KD does the KD things, and he scored 17 points in the first half. But the issue here is that that is not a recipe to win a series. That's just a recipe to win a game. And so plays to spring Clay Thompson open early. I would love to see those. I'd love to see some Draymond JaVale pick and rolls to keep the defense honest and allow JaVale to do what JaVale does best, which is throw it down off lobs. I mentioned this in the last podcast, but JaVale's screening has been much improved. He's just walling off defenders and springing guys open for open shots. Those screen assists are extremely important. Draymond is going to have to get screen assists. I'm wondering if we're going to see Zaza at all in this series. Uh, Maybe Steve Kerr decided that that matchup was not the one, that Zaza is not for this series. Is he for the next series, though, against either Portland or New Orleans? Portland with Yusuf Nurkic, a very springy not springy but he moves extremely well he's faster than Zaza or Anthony Davis who's Anthony Davis you know who does the Warriors start in that case and I don't think it's Zaza so Zaza might not be seeing a lot of minutes in the playoffs this year until we get to the Western Conference Finals where it's going to be either Houston or potentially Oklahoma City or the Jazz or Minnesota Uh, but most likely Houston, and you might see Zaza in that series against Clint Capella. And the craftiness that Zaza brings to the, you know, defensive side of the ball, it's a little bit like how Bogut used to do for the Warriors back in the day, where, you know, he'd have one hand up and showing that he's playing defense, but the other hand is on the defender's body, and annoying the defender and sometimes there's those little shove-offs and stuff like that those little things that are they're definitely fouls but the uh it's 50 50 whether or not the ref sees it and then calls it and so those kind of crafty uh plays that get the warriors the ball are something that zaza does a lot better than javel mcgee so we'll see 
uh, if we see any Jaza this round, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Stay tuned for news and notes on the NBA's merchandising bonanza. Spoiler, the Warriors are at the top. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Adobe. At CDW, we get your organization can be demanding. I know you're in there. I know. The marketing team's outside my office. They want their Adobe update now. With Adobe's value incentive plan, deployed by the experts at CDW, you can quickly and easily manage software subscriptions for the whole team. On Acrobat and Creative Cloud? All included. Cool. Guys, I'm coming out. Don't hurt me. For a satisfied digital workforce, you need Adobe and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash adobe. And we're back. And I wanted to note before we get back into these playoff matchups that uh, Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors top the National Basketball Association's list of most popular jerseys and team merchandise, marking the third consecutive season Curry and the Warriors have earned top honors. Rankings are based on NBAstore.com sales since the beginning of this current season. The Warriors are followed by the Cavaliers at number two in merchandise sales. The 76ers at number three. That's quite the come up for the 76ers. And you can, you know, they're basketball feverish in that town. And of course, they won the Super Bowl, and so there is some of that crossover appeal, I think. Just sports are hot in Philly right now. The Lakers came in at number four, the only team not to make the playoffs that are in the top five, and the Celtics at number five. Followed by the Bucks, Thunder, Knicks, Bulls, and Rockets. As far as individuals, the top 15 most popular NBA jerseys. Let's see who... From the Golden State Warriors made the list. Stephen Curry, number one, because Stephen Curry is Stephen Curry. He's the golden boy. The kids love him. Kevin Durant, number three. And then Clay Thompson coming in at number 14, making the top 15. Good for him. The others, LeBron James at two, Giannis Antetokounmpo at four, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Ben Simmons round out the top 10, followed by Kawhi Leonard, who only played in nine games this year. Lonzo Ball, who's been injured. Dame, Clay, and Jimmy Butler. Some really, really fantastic news once again for the Golden State Warriors. Dub Nation comes out and pays money to support the Dubs. Some more news and notes about the Warriors. Kevin Durant made the Time 100 list. That's the 100 most influential people in the world that's exciting news for kevin durant the reigning finals mvp as well as someone who is a philanthropist and an activist of course gave 10 million dollars to prince george's county schools earlier this year 10 million it's a lot of money 
And last but not least, a blast from the past. Don Nelson took a picture, bearded, scraggly, and maybe a few drinks deep. But he's rooting for the Dubs from Maui. Got to appreciate the love from the winningest coach in NBA history who got most of his wins with the Golden State Warriors over two stints. The free agency news that could affect the Spurs. The reports are that LA will go in hard for Kawhi Leonard. This comes from Sean Devaney of Sporting News. The relationship between Leonard and the Spurs has been the source of much speculation including on this here show and of course the Lakers believe that they can get any free agent they always have and they probably always will. Kawhi of course is from the Southland he's from the San Bernardino area of California so going to the Lakers would be something of a homecoming for him. He also played at San Diego State for the Aztecs. The Lakers are reportedly going to go after LeBron James as well because like I said they believe that they can get anybody they're targeting Paul George, and this comes from Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN. Both James and Paul George can use player options this offseason to become unrestricted free agents, but Kawhi does not have an opt-out in his contract and is waiting to see what the Spurs do. Are the Spurs going to trade him or are they going to keep him? And if they trade him, are they going to trade him somewhere where he's going to want to re-sign? He's got one year left on his deal. We'll see how it goes. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Stay tuned for a look around the NBA. But first, I want to talk to you about sponsoring the Locked On Warriors podcast. If your company is looking for a connected audience, look no further than Locked On Warriors. Our listeners represent a microcosm of the diversity of the Bay Area and many of them also happen to fall into that coveted 18 to 49 demographic. So send me an email at alicocarter11 at gmail.com. I'll give you all the details about becoming a sponsor on Locked On Warriors. Podcasts are hot right now and Locked On Warriors is no different. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network and we have all the resources to get your products out to the people. So get at me. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one -on -one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. And we're back, and we're talking around the NBA. We're going to start with last night's games. LeBron was incredible, scoring 20 points in the first half, 46 points for the game, which the Cleveland Cavaliers won by three points. Kevin Love injured his thumb in game two, but he is going to keep playing. Partially torn ligament is the diagnosis. 
and I'm sure he'll have surgery on that thumb after the season. But now is the time to play basketball. And the Cavaliers didn't get a lot of help from their supporting cast. LeBron did basically everything, and Coach Teron Liu called out the supporting cast of the Cleveland Cavaliers after the game, basically saying, I need to see more out of a lot of guys. LeBron finished with 46 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, and the series is even at 1-1. One and one. Aside from Kevin Love, who had 15 points before getting injured, and Kyle Korver with 12, nobody else scored in double figures. They got 16 points out of the entire bench in the game. Lou tinkered with the starting lineup by starting Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith over Rodney Hood and Jeff Green. It didn't do much, except Korver was able to get off a little bit. LeBron felt the move paid dividends. He said, I think it's just familiarity with that lineup to start tonight. I mean, you got four guys that's played in the postseason games together before. You add George Hill, who's got his own experience as well. So that definitely helps from that standpoint. It allowed... Jeff Green and Rodney Hood to kind of get in and get settled into the game before their number was called. So I think that worked well for us tonight. It didn't work that well because they couldn't get scoring anywhere outside of Corver. And so we'll see if they can bounce back in Indiana in game three. They're not bounce back. They won game two, but they need help. They need more than LeBron. The Thunder thought they had help. You know, they got three guys who can score the ball. They've got a bunch of other very good players. But 0 of 15 for Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Carmelo Anthony. And the Jazz were able to come back behind some brilliance from Donovan Mitchell. And let's take a look at that box score really quickly. And we're going straight to the fourth quarter. Utah outscored OKC 28 to 16 in the fourth after OKC outscored Utah 33 to 21 in the third a complete demolition and defensively very good work from the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell, 13 points in the quarter for a plus nine. Joe Ingles and Derek Favors each played 10 minutes and were plus 14 apiece. And of course, Rudy Gobert was big with six rebounds in the quarter, two blocks and five points. The Oklahoma City Thunder conversely had zero points on seven shots from Paul George, zero points on four shots from Carmelo Anthony, zero points on four shots from Russell Westbrook. George played the entire fourth quarter, was a minus 12. Steven Adams was three of three, and Jeremy Grant, two of five. Ray Felton, one of two, the only players to score. They went six of 28 in that fourth quarter. That's 21%. They only made one three-pointer on 11 attempts. That's 9%. And they only shot four foul shots. 14 rebounds in the quarter, out-rebounded by the Jazz by four. And they committed eight fouls. In Houston, the Rockets used a big second quarter to get up big, and they never looked back. 37-17 to 17 in quarter two. It looks like game one was their chance to win a game on the road. The Timberwolves, that is. Game two, nobody played well. 13 points from Andrew Wiggins and 16 from Nemanja Bielitsa led the team. Jimmy Butler was a minus 17 with 11 points. Carl Anthony Towns was a minus 21 with 5 points in only 23 minutes and 46 seconds. 
It was a weird game, really disjointed, kind of crazy. James Harden was 2 of 18, very weird. He had 12 points because he went 7 of 8 from the line. Chris Paul, 10 of 18, 27 points for Chris Paul, 3 of 5 from 3. And one of his best recent playoff performances in a long time also had 8 assists to go along with 3 steals and a block for the 6-foot Chris Paul. Clint Capella had 16 rebounds, including 4 on the offensive end. And Gerald Green had 12 rebounds, including three on the offensive end. So good play from the role players picking up James Harden. Gerald Green also took 17 shots, making seven. He was five of 12 from three. Scored 21 points, 15 points from Trevor Ariza. So even without James Harden playing well, their defense keyed in and they were able to get the victory very easily. And so are we going to start to, you know, because this is Carl Anthony Towns' first trip to the playoffs. People don't talk about that. Are we going to start talking about Carl Anthony Towns as a playoff choker? You know, I think, you know, going back home is going to be huge for this entire team. You'll definitely see bounce back games from Big Cat and Jimmy Butler. But, man, they really shat the bed on this one. I don't have much more time, so I do want to just quickly talk about the games tonight. Sixers Heat. Joel Embiid is doubtful, listed as doubtful. We'll see if he plays. That game is at 4 p.m. Pacific. Trailblazers, Pelicans should be a good one on NBA TV at 6 p.m. Pacific. And then the TNT nightcap, of course, is Golden State Warriors versus San Antonio Spurs. I hope you're all looking forward to the game and that you enjoy it and enjoy the rest of the basketball tonight. Stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowle. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you are looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.